The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Get Paid, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy, gambling, and daily fantasy. We are proud partners of Underdog Media. You can also find us on Podcast One. You're listening. Brad, the man is back. Sean and Brad are here. Brad, how's, how's it going, man? Hey, I missed you last week, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So uh, you had a little bit of travel, right? You were in. Uh, you were visiting your pops, right? And uh, Was it Arizona? Is he in Phoenix? I always forget. He's in San Diego in the summer, so I was out there, and uh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. He's dri- did he drive you crazy at all? Uh, you know, no more than any of the other humans drive me crazy. <laughs> it's really difficult to be around people. I They're know. the worst. I know. Yeah. Oh last, my god. Last night, I um um little uh little lowbrow humor for you. I actually, I woke my wife up from a dead sleep with a fart last night. Very nice. Oh, uh, it's it's like one of the joys of being married is uh is that. And so you know, she reported it to me this. <laughs> This morning, because I was sleeping, you know, so I didn't know. <laughs> she she said, "Oh my gosh, what Power is going on with you?" Love. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, it's one of the special things. It's always good. Um, uh, this week, you know, it's it's still we're in a dead spot. I still don't want to start those division previews yet. Um, you know, I have this the material done for them, but a lot of the um. You know, the over-under for win totals like we did last year, some of those like aren't really out yet. I think maybe they're just starting to hit, so I just want to give it another week or so. So um, since Brad, since we missed last week and Eric and I actually talked um, mostly about baseball, I want to go back a little bit to the NBA Finals and then talk about some other NFL stuff. But I want to get your thoughts because I don't know if you tr- – you're probably still in Florida. I can't remember, but um, like I said, we just hadn't talked about the Finals yet. So what are your thoughts, man? Like the whole like Durant thing, what we know now, uh, maybe some of the draft stuff. I mean like just overall, what have uh, you been thinking? Well, you know, I- I'm a little bit out of the loop. Um, Colin has not been on for three weeks. So <laughs> thanks to the Women's where, World Cup. Thanks to the Women's freaking World Cup. It's terrible. <laughs> so when you say dead spot, it's such a complete dead spot. Yeah, you know what? And, I don't mind. I don't mind watching. Um, you know, watching soccer or football, as the rest of the world calls it. But I don't. I don't mind it so much. But um, yeah, I was watching no, no, that. Don't get me wrong. It's it's not. It's has nothing to do with the fact that it's a women's sport. It has nothing to do with that. It's soccer. I just cannot stand when they take his show off the air. Yeah, I hear and you, man. Replace it with anything. Like they could at least tape delay it, right? I, yeah, I mean, come on. It, I, I wonder if that pisses them off in any way, because I'd, I'd have to think, or I would assume that that's the best program they have on during the day. And uh, for him to just be bumped like that, I find it a little weird. But uh, so yeah, I'm out of the loop. So what I do is, okay, Colin's not on today. I like to listen while I cook, right? So then I say, all right, well, I'll watch PTI. I can't get a goddamn second in PTI because of the College World Series. <laughs> so I'm completely out of the loop. 
Ah, it's been brutal, man. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I turned on because I, I went to Florida, as, as you and the listeners of the show know. I went to Florida, came back, and I thought I was going to have a heavy DVR of, um, of Colin, and I missed it. And you can always go back, and I, I know he has like the podcast out and all that stuff, so I might go back and listen to a couple of select episodes. But you know, he kind of successfully predicted what the trade of um, Anthony Davis would be to the Lakers. He hit that, I okay, think, yep. on the nose. Um, so I yep. wanted to actually go back and get his reaction to that. And I didn't, but I can still probably go back to. I don't know how far the archives go back, but I'll uh, I'll look for that. Um, but uh, you know, the the thing to me that's interesting is watching kind of the Durant situation unfold because now he's out in the press and he's saying that. Well, I don't. He's not out in the press. People are saying that he's um, he's pissed that the Warriors cleared him with a strained calf, and he's kind of blaming them now. So the report that I saw today or yesterday or something is like, he's gone, which I think is surprising because I figured, I figured he'd go back and just like do like a two year deal, um, get healthy again and then leave. But it sounds like he's as good as gone. And it sounds like he and Kyrie might be going somewhere, whether it's New York or whatever, but yeah, they deserve each other. Those two, they're always all pissed off about everything. I don't know what their problem is. Oh, I got to talk to the media and blah, blah, blah. They're always so agitated and it's annoying the crap out of me. So those two can just go somewhere and not win anything as far as I'm concerned. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. The, the interesting thing, I, st- I was talking to Sam um, last week when we were recording uh, Functional Sportsaholic. And, you know, I was talking about Anthony Davis and we were kind of breaking down the trade, going back and forth. First of all, I, I can't remember, Brad, if you and I talked about it. Uh, but during the season, I-, I doubt we talked about it during the season. We might have recently. During the season, I said um, when that offer came down, it was ball. Um, it was... Um, What's uh, I think Kuzma might have actually been involved back then. It was mm-hmm. Ingram. It was basically this whole thing. And I thought, man, they're never going to get a better offer than that. And it's a bunch of really good young pieces. Plus, they're going to have, um, you know, a decent draft pick back then, a decent draft pick, you know, out of it. And then, of course, they win the lottery. And then now all these young players going in. It's a really interesting team. Like it's if, if you know, if some of these picks pan out, it's going to be like a really good team. Yeah, it has potential for sure. Uh, the NBA has proven that young guys do not win. You know, it, it seems that to have the kind of tenacity to win requires you to have a little bit of a game or a little tenure under your belt. Um, but that doesn't mean that the future can't be very bright for them. I agree. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the difference between just an average body at the age of 19, 20, 21, and the average of an average body at 25, 26, 27 is completely different. So I it can only imagine yeah. it, when you compare that to the average body of giants, you know, where the average, like, high, I don't even know what the average height in the NBA is, but let's just say it's like 6'7 or something. Like, Yeah, that it must be exponential. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So it, it's going to take them time. Like, the only one I think with a man body going in there is um is zion um you know uh ball like he you know he's a skinny guy he's good enough i guess for the position he plays uh the the center that they drafted sam and i actually talked about that as well last week the center that they drafted seemed odd because he seemed like he seemed like a like a fast guy but yet he didn't seem like he had any like shooting skills and i just don't know why you make that pick because they could have drafted a bunch of people there at eight after they moved down from the four I don't know. It just seemed a little odd there. But um, anyway, what I was going to say when I started kind of leading into this is the Lakers are at this point like the odds on favorite to win the finals. If you look at all the sports book for the for the 2019-20 season, they're actually leading uh, because of the Warriors injuries and everything else going on. I think maybe Toronto's up there as well, but there's some uncertainty with, uh, 
you know, with uh, what's his face there, Kamar. Why? Yeah, you know, the Lakers Kamar. are in the lead, and what's funny is uh, I was in San Diego at the time, um, and they they showed the odds to win the next year's title, and the Lakers were in the lead, four to one, I believe it was. And, but uh, but the trade hadn't even happened yet, so it was kind of a little goofy because obviously Vegas knew that something was about to go down, but the rest of us didn't. By the way, I just called Kawhi Leonard Kamar for some reason. I had Kamar Aiken on the brain. Kamar Aiken, an old UCF wide receiver who did nothing in the NFL. Uh, well, for, we'll call him Kamar from now on. Yeah, Kamar, Kamar <laughs> Leonard. Kamar Leonard. Yeah, I don't know where he's going to go. Uh, if I was him, I would just go back to Toronto. I mean, taxes aside, but like he can get more money there. You know, maybe with a player option, extend it for a couple of years, maybe like maybe like one like a two year deal with like a one year player option, like Le- what LeBron basically perpetually did to Cleveland. Well, here's what I don't understand is like uh, Kevin Durant wants to leave the Warriors, and I kind of understand his motivation. He's the best guy uh, in the league, and he wants to prove that he's got he's a chippy guy, you know. And everyone's always going to say, "Oh, well, you went to the best team already." And that's the only reason why you won. The, what was it? Two titles they won. Durant won two. Yeah, titles. yeah. Durant won okay. two with them. So anyway, I see his motivation for leaving. It's a bit of ego, but um, it's there. I don't understand why Kawhi. Uh, what was his name? Kamar. Kamar. Kamar Aiken. Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Kamar Aiken and Clay. And why would he want to leave? I mean, he's on a good team. He's the man. He's the best player in the country. I just don't don't know what what would possibly want him to do that. Do you know? Well, I mean, the the ever what everybody's saying is that you know he's from LA and he wants to be in SoCal, but you know you travel so much during the season anyway. I don't know how much of of an impact that really makes. Why does that matter in any way? It's because exactly I mean, right. of course he has his he has his house. It's not in LA. Um, I learned that on Colin. Like I guess they I guess he's a little south. He might be between San Diego and LA. So it's not like he's really even going to be at his his chill place that often anyway. So I don't know. It just seemed a little seems a little weird. And it's not like he's like a like a guy like LeBron, where he has ulterior motives and he's trying to, you know, start a um, you know a TV network or a TV show or anything like that. He's just you know he's just chill, Kamar Aiken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kawhi. Right, that's what he does. He's just chill. He's just chill, I don't know, man. He's Kawhi on a Leonard, great yeah. roster, and it's it's kind of baffling a little bit i mean so is, are the taxes higher in toronto could that be a thing yeah t- taxes are going to be higher there because the uh the income tax there is uh, is pretty high because of their i think their their universal uh, free health care um but yeah, yeah. i don't know how much higher they are with respect to california because california is not cheap to live in you know, right, right. so you're going to have you're going to have the taxes, the U.S. taxes at his rates anywhere are going to be pretty high. And then you have the California state tax that you are have to deal with and you're going to have a property tax that you're going to have to deal with. and It's going to be a big property tax. So I don't really know, um, you know, what the cost of living differential is there. I guess I should probably look that up. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, Toronto's not a bad city either. It's just kind of an interesting situation. I heard Toronto was actually a really nice city. I'd never been because uh you know, I get terrified to go to the damn grocery store, but I heard that a lot of people really enjoy it. It's one of the cities because I've been to one of my quests, um, Brad, I don't even know if you know this about me. One of my quests for a long time was to visit every single state mm-hmm. in the country, and I've done that. Um, and now I'm thinking, well, you know, why don't we just knock off some Canadian provinces as well? And I've been to Vancouver, 
but I haven't been anywhere else. And I would like to go to Toronto and Montreal. Those are like the next kind of two highest cities on my list to visit, along with Austin, Texas, which is I've been everywhere like in the country, but I haven't been to freaking Austin, which I, I hear is one of like the great cities. Have you ever been to Austin? Uh, I don't believe I have. No. Would you remember if you had been there? No, I would not. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Austin seems cool, but like Toronto, everything I hear is that it's great, but I know it's expensive to live in. Um, but that's all I know about it. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. Prepare to get stunned. The Steve Austin Show is back and better than ever. And I've been kicking his ass, kicked out of the pile driver. You, it's time to go home. With new exciting episodes featuring tales from his new life, unbelievable past interviews, and talks to pro wrestling pals. You name it, Steve's on it. You're a hell of a damn wrestler. Download new episodes of The Steve Austin Show every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, uh, speaking of Canada, uh, I talked about this with Eric last week. So Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Rays are talking about splitting their, um, their home games between Tampa Bay and Montreal. Yeah, isn't that goofy? Yeah, so Eric, I think he he correctly he, as he usually does with anything baseball. He said, you know, it's basically they're just the the Tampa Bay Rays are going to move to Montreal. That's what it is. Mm, mm, um, yeah. Because he's like, you know, what what's with the point he made last week was okay. So they're going to play their home games in Tampa Bay. They're going to get like three thousand fans. It's like a high school baseball game. Um, okay. Or. Or, or and then like in the the back part of the year, they're going to go to Montreal and they're going to draw twenty thousand a night. It's like, come on. You know, right, right. So why wouldn't you? Yeah. So even if they break that seal, um, you know, their Tampa Bay is as good as gone. But then again, does it matter? I mean, like they're not showing up to the games anyway. So the city, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah. They could just play them anywhere. Yeah. Um, it wasn't too long ago that the Rays were pretty good, weren't they? They're pretty good this year. They were like they were in first place for a long time. They're probably going to make the playoffs. They still can't draw people to games. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder why that is. Maybe because it's a thousand friggin' degrees outside, but they play in a dome. They play, in, yeah. Okay, so scratch that. You um, know, I've been to the, I've been to that dome. I've been to a game in that stadium, and uh, it's a weird place to see a baseball game. It's almost like, you know, and I've been in other domes before, but that one in particular is just so odd. It gives me like a feeling like I'm still watching the game on TV. I don't know what it is about it, if it's the colors, if it's the lighting. I don't know what it is, but I watch the game, and it's like, I, I you know, I, I could be at home right now. And I don't well, necessarily... You know, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't necessarily feel that way about other stadiums. And I know, like, Minnesota, for example, isn't a dome, but I've been I've seen the Twins play, and that's one of the best stadiums I've been to. I've seen the Giants stadium. It's one of the best stadiums. Like, I, I, as much as I'm, like, not the biggest, like, watch four hours of baseball fan. I do enjoy going to a game every now and then chilling out and watching. I played it my whole life growing up. So I definitely love, love the sport, but you know, the venue does matter and Tampa Bay's dome sucks. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much the venue matters to real fans. For example, Mm. um, I mean, okay. So the, this country is a football country, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that Steelers fans are going to go to watch the Steelers games, whether they have the best or the worst stadium possible or out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that unless it's like one of those old school diehard baseball cities like the Yankees and um, what the hell, the Red Sox mm-hmm. and uh, Dodgers, Louis, whoever, whatever, yeah. the hell, whatever the hell they're called. What are they called again? Cardinals. <laughs> Cardinals, yeah. Cardinals, you know, you know like, who their best player is? Kamar uh, Aiken. 
<laughs> you know, there's like these five to ten like baseball cities, and I think maybe the rest are just gonna suffer because the sport is so old school and and just now what we're about. I don't yeah. know, just a theory. Yeah, I think the the demographic of baseball fans skews old, right? So uh, like you know, the the crowd that they're drawing in isn't the same crowd, and actually, I think that the NFL. Is as popular as it is now, I think they're going to fall prey to that because our generation, Brad, I don't, I wouldn't classify as old yet, but we're certainly getting up there. Um, sure. And you know, I think that I envision a scenario where when we're in our sixties, like we still love the NFL, but I think the NBA will surpass it. And I think, um, I think we're we're a ways away. But MLS, like soccer, with the changing demographics in the country, MLS is like going to get a big time TV contract. Like within the I next would like put twenty my years. Money on soccer over basketball. Really? Yeah, I could see that one being you know twenty years from now being the either first or second popular sport in our country for sure. Yeah, and baseball. Like, um, no offense to anybody out there who's like you know um, you know in their sixties, seventies, eighties. You know, in another thirty years, where are those fans going to be? Like, they they have to get younger fans, and and they're so slow to change. Although, so That's is. So is soccer, though. So, I mean, I guess I'm kind of arguing out of both sides of my mouth because soccer is notoriously slow to change. But, you know, baseball, I, I feel like baseball, I think it, it can be solved in a couple of ways because I'll say this. As a baseball person, I like watching, um, you know, uh, like the softball World Series, the college baseball World Series. I like watching the Little League stuff. But then I get into the MLB. It's just like, oh, my gosh, there's a pickoff every freaking play is a pickoff. And so like there there needs to be some kind of pitch clock. I wish that the strike zone was consistent. Like can you imagine if like you know week to week, you know pass interference what was that's a bad example. <laughs> pass interference, but yeah. You know, if like a first down wasn't a first it's like this is the pitcher, you know, the pitching, the the, the thing that drives the game. The strike zones are all over the map. And then the stadiums are different, too, because as Eric and I have started doing these fantasy baseball almanacs and, you know, getting into, like, more analytics and everything, it's just crazy. Can you imagine if, if like, the, the Baltimore Ravens played on a 120-yard field and the Green Bay Packers played on a 60-yard field? It's just That is the weirdest thing to me. Um, I, I think we spoke about this a little bit ago. I'll never understand that. Yeah. How can a home run be different? from one stadium to the next that makes zero sense to me yeah like colorado with the thin air and everything they always talk about it so they built this like big park but you know people are still hitting it over the fence and then like i think it's it might be arizona they have like a this little there's there's one stadium that has like a corridor in center field like that just is like a like a long rectangle or something it just goes straight back it's like yeah bizarre it's it's, it's weird bizarre. like you would think the, the dimensions just make it 320 feet you know, out there, like how is that? I guess the base paths are the same. That's about it, though, right? The base paths are the same, yeah. But the pitching, yeah, you're right? right? That's it. And the pitching mound is uh, what sixty yards or sixty feet? Sixty feet six inches, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll go with that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's just so goofy, and um, I don't know what they could do to the sport to make it better. I really don't know. A pitch clock. I think a, a pitch clock. Here's here's the mound. Maybe I don't know. Okay, so you know all like all these like the the AAF and all that stuff, like all these like uh, XFL, all these alternatives to um, or alternatives to the NFL. Um, here's what I would do if I was creating a baseball league that was trying to compete with the MLB. Here here are the changes I would make. I would I would play like two games a week. I'd cut this the regular season down to thirty games so that each game is more intense. 
And that yeah, you, I've said this before. I agree. Yeah, and then the pitchers, you're always getting the best pitchers instead of like a rotation of like five guys throughout the week. Instead of only seeing like the best guys once a week, you would see them like boom. And that would help too because if I'm creating a league, nobody would be there anyway. So you'd, you'd need to like cut down on the amount of players in your roster. Put a pitch clock in. Um, you you give a, a certain amount of pickoff moves to the plate. Give a certain. I think the little league has a rule where the manager can only come out so many times, like in an inning or something like that, or in a game before the pitcher gets yanked. Um, you know, just put some of these more interesting things in play, and uh, and I'd also put nets around the field because everybody keeps getting hit in the head, and the little kids keep breaking their faces going yeah going to that baseball is games. not a good thing i can't believe that hasn't been rectified to How, this point. it's it's crazy talk about it slow to crazy. react yeah it's gonna it's super dangerous there was there was a kid in boston um you know and her i think her records were sealed but she got hit i believe like in the nose or something and she was in the hospital for a while and it was like a very serious injury it's gonna what's it gonna take it's gonna take and i don't understand why pitchers don't pitch with helmets on either Right, right. You know, like they that guy got clunked in the head a couple weeks ago, did he not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you know these balls are coming back. First of all, the pitchers are throwing the really good pitchers are throwing upper nineties as a starter. You know, the relievers will crack a hundred. The ball's coming off the bat at like one twenty. Right, and so if that hits a pitcher in the temple, I mean, that could kill. Like there have been there have been coaches um, in the minor leagues who have been killed by a foul ball hitting him, hitting him in the head. You know, I mean, you think that could be, I don't know if that's why people don't go to games. I mean, maybe, I don't know. It's oh just, uh, you know, what also is going to make it suffer is the fact that all right, two things. I think one, you, you said it right. There's way too many games. So not one single game matters at all. Mm-hmm. Like not even a little bit, unless it's like the second to the last game in the year and you're a half a game back. None of them matter at all. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem. Can we start there? Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's not the biggest problem you ever had, that's it. Okay, and um, two, uh, maybe it's just two people don't like to be inconvenienced. It's you know the entertainment we have in our living rooms are way too, way too advanced and comfortable and and nice. So why, why schlep your ass all the way to some stadium so you can sit next to some fat guy who's yelling, you know, and spend money doing it? I don't know. So I used to have uh, tickets to the Washington Redskins season tickets, you know, uh, Brad. And I would go to one to two games a year when I had them. Um, You know, I'd travel up from Orlando back then when I was living there. I'd travel up. One of the games I went to, went to with my brother. uh, They were playing the Eagles. It was late in the year. Um, The Eagles had already made the playoffs. The Redskins were already eliminated. And this guy... um, there's this guy in front of me. They took the train in because, like, you know, we were talking to him all throughout. They took the train in from Philly to see the game. They were drinking all day, smoking pot all day. And this guy was just like, he was comatose the whole game, this big fat guy. And, uh, you know, one of the Philly fans is getting into it with one of the Redskins fans. And one of the beauties, I, I don't know if this is stadium or uh, league wide. I imagine it is. Uh, one of the beauties of going to Washington games is there's going to be three fights in your in your section. Uh, you know, yeah. there's going to be fist fights, um, especially with a division game like the Eagles, right? So you know, somebody starts something, and the guy just starts throwing <laughs> throwing up on the guy on purpose. Lovely. <laughs> so he's just, and I thought, mm, you know, this is first of all, this is not a place I want to really bring my kids someday. Uh, sure. Secondly, this is not, you know, it was like 40 degrees. The vomit was probably frozen when it hit the ground. It's like, yeah. this is not, I, 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 you know, I, I have high definition now. I think I'm just going to, I think I'm just going to watch on the TV. You now, know, another thing, Sean, is I think the majority of these games, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think the majority of them are played on weekdays mm-hmm. during the middle of the day. Yeah. So how much audience can you possibly 
have, whether it be on TV or in person. Yep. So they need to cut these games back, and they need to make them night events, just like all the other sports, unless it's played on the weekend. I mean, come on, everyone's got stuff to do. Who the hell is going to... Wait, you're gonna not go to your your meeting because uh, the Blue Jays are on at two in the afternoon. Yeah, there's no way, dude. Not in not in today's world. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Like I've been trying to get to a Cubs game um, for like two or three years, and it's like whenever I have like a, a, a time that opens up at work or something like that where I could go, I look at the schedule. Um, um, or I'm sorry, my personal life at night and I look at the schedule and they're playing during the day and I can't go because of work or it's vice versa. Ri- it's ridiculous. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Or like, I'd like to take my, like my wife, I'd be like, Oh, let's go to a Cubs game. Um, after work on a Thursday. Eh, nope. Can't do that. No, so can't do it. See, here's the thing is we, we've just come up with three or four like basic adjustments to this sport to bring in attendance. Do these commissioners, uh, are, like, are they glue sniffers? They can't just say, well, we'll just play the games at night during the week. Well, Ooh, I'm done. Attendance must be up 30% from that point. I remember um gosh, I remember when the when the Cubs installed lights in Wrigley Field. Like it was like the the 90s or 2000s. They had never played like a night game. Yeah, there. it was like a big deal. It was yeah, a big I deal. I remember that too. Yeah. And of course you, then you I have then you have the purists saying, "No, I don't want that." You know, I want I the, the Cubs shouldn't play at night. It's like, "Come on." Yeah, That's you get the it. the problem with yeah. that sport is these freaking purists. You know, if, if we were all purists, uh, water fountains would still be segregated. Is that the world you want to live in? You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. The, like, ult- the ultimate argument enter right there, segregation. Yeah, we'd all be, uh, you know, traveling on wagons and shit. You got to yeah. move forward. What is the deal? That's I, the biggest problem. With that that's what, yeah, that's one of my one of my philosophies in life because there's always, you know, I always feel like there's a better way to look at things, and I have a lot of people in my life that, um, um, you know, that are just generally like, oh, well, if the boat, you know, don't rock the boat, you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. But that's the thing is, you got to fix some stuff, otherwise, we wouldn't have the internet. We wouldn't have this fine show that everybody's listening to right now. That's exactly right, man. I mean, Darwinism at its finest. There you got to got to keep getting better and improving and move along with the times and adapt. Otherwise, you're going to die and get left behind, and that's exactly what's happening to that sport. Yeah, I don't know why they refuse to switch it up, man. Just start with three things, and and maybe that works, maybe it doesn't, but then do three more. I mean, people will get over it. That's the one thing that the you know the NFL is really good about, and the NBA I think has historically been good about this too. Is like they'll change the rule. You know, if 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 they need to do something, they'll change the rule to look at it. Now I don't like this. Have you heard about the, the pass interference thing? I think we might have briefly talked about it. How it's reviewable now. Okay, so how is it reviewable by a challenge? Yeah, by a challenge. Okay, I don't mind it. But I don't mind it at all. I don't mind it, right? I don't mind it, but he, I mean, I don't know. If I was in the NFL, I probably would have. Like, if I was on that committee, I probably would have voted against it, though. Because uh-huh. here, here are my concerns with it. Um, first of all, like it's very subjective, and you know the, the egregious, um, you know, um, Rams versus uh, New Orleans. Um, game you know the 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 at the end of the game there that's why they did it It was a reaction to that play but how many of those do we get a season i know it's a really bad look but how many of those do we get that really like impact a game like that in a season probably i think sean how many of those that blatant i mean maybe one a weekend out of 16 games maybe there's one in one game somewhere where a, a call was blown Right. Right. And I think that what they're really moving towards is that 
one day everything is just going to be reviewable. And I think that everything should possibly be reviewable. Just yeah. everything, man. You know, I, I'm not worried about the game being longer. Let's just let's just take away blown bullshit yeah. that affects games. Yeah, and there, there is a lot of that. And then the, the next issue is, um, you know, booth reviews uh, inside two minutes, right? Are we going to be seeing a lot of things go to review because there might have been some incidental contact or, you know, and then you have Al Riveron, the world's most inconsistent official, basically calling all of these shots. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know because I haven't read the definition. I just hope that the officials have a really clear indication of when to overturn that call because there's going to be hand fighting on every play, you well, know? you know, pass interference is a tricky one because contact is allowed. Yeah, you know, I. It's a tricky one, man, because what I a, just, I, I just think egregious ones should be definitely be able to be overturned. Here's an interesting, here's an interesting thought. Okay, hail marys. We see a lot of hail marys during the season, and there's all. It's always basically a kill the man with the ball situation. Where everybody's just shoving everybody. How many of those are going to get reviewed? Because they're going to be inside two minutes, right? They're, so end of the game, last thing, second zero. Then it goes to official booth booth review. And it's just everybody's mugging each other. Um, but well, then again, I think they changed. They they have acknowledged that the rules for pass interference are going to be different for hail marys. For example, you're going to be allowed to box out and jockey for position, where otherwise you would not. But and I think that is what's happening. And if I'm wrong. Um, I, I heard it was that. proposed, but I didn't know if it was final yet. But either okay. way, and then again, it's not the worst thing in the world because a Hail Mary should be a legal play anyway, right? Why do you get but, to penalize just on that one variation? Right, but then that creates a new problem because let's say let's say you are allowed to, allowed to box out and jockey for position, so the rules are different, right? Mm. Well, then where's the new fine line for a Hail Mary? Right. Someone grabs your arm and pulls it down. Is that pass interference or was he just jockeying? You know, the, the line then changes with that play. So it gets a little bit more intricate and probably not easier to right. ascertain. Yeah. I don't know, man. It says, you know, I, I'm in, I am in favor of them getting it right. I just don't want to watch, you know, six minutes of Al Riveron flipping coins and <laughs> deciding that the one play over here and the matching play over there are going to have different outcomes. And maybe that's the real issue. Is they just need to replace that guy. As I've as I've yeah, gone on rants you about, really can't stand that guy. I cannot I, you know, stand him. I'd rather watch the game for an extra ten minutes. Uh, than to have something like what happened in New Orleans yeah. or what happens periodically. Um, I just hate to see a game decided on, on a really, really bad call where there's no reason for it. Yep. So why not take a little bit of time? And to be honest, if it's an egregious thing, then it shouldn't take much time at all. How much time would that have taken in the New Orleans game? Yeah, it would yeah, have been pretty quick. It, boom, done. Let's move on. Well, you never know. It would depend on what the uh, the eight ball told Al Riveron to say. We'll see. Yeah, right. That's a good point. <laughs> it's talking chicken. Tell me. Okay. Ooh, help me destroy Al Riveron. Oh, my gosh. Boy, I hate that you guy. really can't stand this guy. No, I cannot. I cannot stand Al Riveron. He is ruining, he is ruining my viewer experience. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. I really, like, truly, I truly believe this. I truly believe this. I think he plays favoritism with with teams. You think so? Mm-hmm. 
because the teams that consistently get screwed are the same teams and the teams that aren't. And I will tell you that what really pisses me off is I usually have money on the game from daily fantasy or, or, or gambling. And so like, yeah. I have to like, when it goes to booth review, it's like, Oh, Oh shit. What's Al going to do this time? You know, it's almost like, you know, ah, gosh, I, I just can't stand the guy. He's off. I miss Gene Blandino. I, I miss everybody who's basically on Fox now. Be yeah. as as the official those those guys were so good man El Ruperon sucks but anyway uh, let's move on last topic um, I thought this was interesting so there was some basically some mathematical um, um, study uh, done to to uh, outline the best fan bases in the NFL mm. um, so it was a combination of I guess affluence of fans how much money how much of a percentage of money the fans spend on like merchandise and tickets and how well that fan bases travel outside of their home city right right and so you know you know who the the main people are going to be it's um i'm just yeah it's it's uh dallas is one uh new england's two philly's three the giants which i was surprised they're this high as four but i guess it Mm. makes sense new york you know new york giants yeah and then uh, pittsburgh is five green bay six Mm. which i was surprised because green bay i wouldn't think would travel so well just because you know, it's not that big of a city, but I guess you get the Milwaukee, you basically have the whole state yeah, of Wisconsin. Um, yeah, the whole state of Wisconsin. Yeah, and you do have a lot of Chicago there that, you know, will just root for him, um, you know, just to not root for the uh, the Bears. But let me just go down the list here, um, just because it's a short one here. Um, so Packers 6, Broncos 7, Bears 8, 49ers 9, New Orleans 10. Then the Redskins are 11, which I, th- I would say the Redskins are among the best fan bases in the uh, in the NFL because they keep supporting a team that has sucked for 25 years. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, my gosh. Indy is uh, 12, Atlanta's 13, Miami's 14, Seattle is 15. So mm. right there that you get a sense of it's not about home field advantage. It's about, I guess, fan bases. And I think it must be more about fan bases that travel and buy stuff because I'll tell you the 31st team on this list, which shocked me, is Kansas City. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kansas I don't City. know about this anymore because that is very, very surprising. The Detroit Lions are ranked 22 and Kansas City's ranked 31. It's to me that that list, they need to recalibrate, you know? Yeah, I know I they don't... don't they have the right measurements. Yeah, I mean, they, they probably don't travel well outside, but you can't call that a bad fan base. You know, it's, it really just means that they're a smaller, more localized fan base, but they're a nutty fan base. So I don't like whatever metrics they're putting together there. Well, I mean, Kansas City's always been, you know, they say they have the best home field advantage. Well, why is that? Because the place is probably the loudest. Yeah. So they seem to be the most into it. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, You know, I don't know if there's any real way to say who is the best, you know. I think it's much easier to say, well, the Jaguars fan base is terrible because it's the Jaguars, (laughs) right? And uh, Number 29. I mean, the Cardinals, I mean, how popular are they? I don't think it has anything to do with fans. I think it just has to deal with, you know, popularity and how good the team is or has been or yeah. how much history they have. Jets are number 20. Buffalo's 19. And, you know, I mean, Jets and Buffalo, I'm sure there are thousands of fans out there that would be super pissed off to hear about this because I bet they have a lot of diehards. Yep. You know, yep. like real crazy diehards. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a tough metric. Yeah, They're I agree. Trying, but I think it's incomplete. Yeah. Well, it filled it filled a couple minutes on the show, so that was the uh, that was That's the goal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, I think we can end it. Um, you got anything else for the audience, there, buddy? 
no, man, I'm good to go. It's good to be back. I miss you guys. Yeah, and um, I think we're going to be starting our division previews possibly next week, if not next week, definitely the week after. Also, yeah. I didn't mention at the top of the show, um, Fantasy Football Almanac's out there. Just go on Amazon.com. Search for Fantasy Football Almanac. Buy it. It's awesome. Um, Yep. All right, bud. Yeah, yeah. Good talking to you, everybody out there. Hey, have a great week. Go out, get paid.